Welcome to Pick Up Your Sticks, where we talk about why gaming matters, with your hosts, Brett Lindley and Walker Near. I'm Brett, and in this episode, we continue our discussion on Blizzard games, and we'll uh, pick this one up with the Diablo franchise. So, Walker, your experiences with Diablo, how's it been? Uh, yeah, man. Um, I am very excited to talk about this. Diablo is a franchise that has had a really significant meaning for me, and I'm a, a huge MMO player. And even though Diablo is not an MMO and you know never turned into one like like the Warcraft franchise did, um, it was kind of my first introduction to playing an RPG online with other people. Um, so now that's really Diablo two, not one as much, but. Um, but yeah, so really excited to start with it. Obviously, we'll kick off with you know Diablo One, um, which you played and I only saw and heard stories about. So <laughs> why don't you start that? <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Yeah, I mean, I didn't play a lot of Diablo One, but I did play it. Um, it was not the first game that I ever played online multiplayer with, but my online multiplayer with it was pretty limited. Uh, it pretty much was just down to like one guy in grade school that I knew and our extent of playing online was him logging in and teaching me duplication Mm. and just like showing me how it worked. And then I think that was, that was like the full extent was just like two people in town together. Like, Hey man, this is how you dupe stuff. This is the dupe trick. And like him showing me that and like, all right. And I do it like half a dozen times till I finally get it. And then he's like, all right, cool peace. And he was gone. And that was, <laughs> that was pretty much my online <laughs> multiplayer extent of Diablo. Yeah, I, yeah. I've not beaten that game legitimately. <laughs> um, I, I mean, I, I played through probably about half the game or so legitimately and then dupe trick. And then I immediately restarted as a sorcerer or wizard or whatever. Mm-hmm. And just like, bought one copy of holy bolt and duped it to like level 30 and then just went and you know nuked everything so how did this so did you have to find you you like combine copies of the same spell in order to level it or something like how did that i think yeah yeah so like you would get a spell book um you didn't so like as you leveled up as a as a wizard uh you did not like unlock new spells as far as i remember i think you start the game with like one book and then there's a few books that are kind of pseudo guaranteed that you can get. But yeah, you like enemies will drop like spell books and you use or consume the spell book or whatever. And you gain a level in that spell. Right. So to continue leveling up a spell, you would have to find another copy of that book. So with the dupe trick, you could do mm. like one spell 20 times and level it up to max rank to the point where you may not even be able to cast it because you don't have enough mana. So I had a, a friend who, um, who actually, it's funny because he's not even really that much of a gamer, and we weren't even at his house. He was, he was like a, a few years older than me, and he, uh, I don't know, kind of like, you know, an older brother type of character or something you could say yeah. for me. But anyway, he was in, going to uh, MSU, the college year, and they have a, I don't even know what you call it, a. Uh, a student community that's called the Lutheran student center. Okay. Um, that's like kids that are affiliated with the Lutheran church have the opportunity to live in this house. And 
they do different activities. So it's kind of like a dorm kind of situation, you know, okay. anyway. So he lived there. So I was just, I would, we'd, we would go play basketball and stuff together at that point in time. We were a little too far in age to actually hang out because I was still, you know, a, a kid, but right. Um, anyway, and I went over to, of all, of all places to see the game Diablo played, I saw it played in <laughs> <laughs> the religious dorm, <laughs> but, uh, but anyway, I remember seeing him play it and I was like, I was like, what is this? And, you know, he told me and I, and I was just really kind of mesmerized by it. Um, but saying that I didn't then try and purchase it, which I mean, you know, I was a kid and didn't have a job or something. So it's not like I could just buy games when I wanted, but I didn't, I don't know. I don't, I remember thinking it looked really cool and I was really impressed with like how dark it was. Like, it, right. like it just looked like, I don't know. I just never seen a game that was that, um, it, dark in more than one way, like dark in a literal sense that you're, it's like kind of gory and you're fighting demons and stuff, but then also, the lighting in the game is actually just really dark. That's like, very true. You just, it looks like you're in a dungeon, which you know you are. So uh, I don't now, know. Now that you mention it, I'm not exactly sure how I came across my copy of Diablo one. Yeah. Like, I think I might've had a friend come over and install it. Like it may have even been the same friend that taught me the dupe trick. Like I, cause I don't think, I don't think I had like an instruction manual or anything because I collected instruction manuals as a kid. Mm. And I know that for the, and I don't remember my dad playing a lot of it because we played a lot of the same games. Like, cause mm -hmm. you know, we only ever had, you know, one or two new games in the house at a time. And my dad's a pretty decent, you know, gamer. So anything that I was into, he was usually into as well. Cause that's all we had. And I don't remember, like, so Diablo 2 that I have a lot more memories with, but the first one, I don't know that my dad ever played it, which makes me wonder if I, like, snuck an install in or something. Like, mm. I don't, man, I don't, yeah, that's, that's, my memory's a little bit faded on how I got a hold of the first one. I know that I didn't play it, like, I don't think I had it for more than a couple few weeks. Like, oh, I, I didn't you. get, I, I mean, it's still, like, very iconic, and I have very strong memories of Tristram and and Deckard Kane and the Butcher and a lot of the first areas, but I don't and then like kinda like flash forward to learning the dupe trick and beating Diablo. But I don't think that the whole course of time of me playing that game was more than maybe a month or so. Huh. Yeah, I um like I said, I, I never actually never actually played it, saw it played, and then had other friends that later in life that, that would tell me about it. So like one buddy of mine, he explained how it was the first time he had ever encountered a, um, the, the way that the loot drops are entirely randomized. All right. And, and he had never seen that, you know, he's used to playing games like, you know, like Zelda or something or Metroid. Oh, yeah, where where you've guaranteed it's, yeah. It's progression. always in the same spot. You just have to know where that spot is. And so, he was at school and he was talking to kids about, you know, oh, I can't find this spell or I can't find this piece of gear. And, and anyway, some other kid was like, oh, yeah, I found this piece of gear. And he was like, where did you find it? And, and he told him what level or floor. And he was like, it was in this barrel. So <laughs> this, is, this is Nick, to be clear. You know him. The listeners yeah, don't. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, so he ran around and destroyed, destroyed every single barrel. Yeah. And never found it. 
of and course. was like, like it's random. Game. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so, uh, that's awesome. Right. But, but it, it was interesting because, you know, I know that now like a mechanic like that is very, you know, there's a ton of games that have that mechanic and it's not in any way confusing, but it, to first encounter it and have no one be able to explain it. Like that is confusing. That is, it is interesting, you know? Well, and, and the original Diablo was before that mechanic got refined at all algorithmically. Like there was no higher chance that you're going to get something for your class or something useful. Like it was pure random, which meant mostly garbage. Well, actually, he even, and again, you know, this is not scientific. It's anecdotal for sure. However, um, he said that he actually found in his playing that it actually was against you. So, like, when he played a warrior, <laughs> he found a ton of spell books. Right. So then he was like, cool, I'm going to go play the wizard or whatever it was. Never found spell books. Right. So, to some extent, it might have even been written to make it very well could have stuff that you wanted more rare to kind of increase. The, I mean, that could know. also just be biased or chance. Could be, but, could absolutely be. Don't know at all, but but I, I could see it. I could believe it because games were. I mean, this we're talking early '90s. Games were a lot harsher then. Like it was. Well, the the thing is, is that you know, it's funny. Like if you go and play like a Mega Man game now, which I know that's not Blizzard, but <laughs> um, if you go play like a Mega Man game from NES era. It is, it, it it's still equally as hard. But if you play on like an emulator with save states, the game's not very long at all. You can get through the, a game of Mega Man can be completed in four hours if every time you wipe, you can just reload oh, the yeah. boss that you wiped at. You know what <laughs> I mean? Um, and well, and so games just the thing that I think people don't understand also is that there just literally wasn't as much content generally, and so That's they true, had to they're... do things to there was also that like lack of save states though like mm -hmm. and death was a consequence in the 90s like even in diablo like in the first one dying you lost most if not all of your gold and all your crap had to get repaired and you know it, and you had to get back to your body you, if you didn't drop a town portal you might have to delve through 20 layers of dungeon over again and find your body and not die to everything that's there and i'm not terribly sure that the first diablo i don't think it had a stash mechanic wow <laughs> i i'm trying to remember i i you could drop stuff so i think stuff in tristram would save on the ground so people would drop stuff at like wort like the the peg-legged child um mm -hmm. and so people would drop good gear around him because it was kind of like a safe space um but I don't think that there was an actual stash. So you couldn't have like a backup set of gear that you could put on to go get your body with. So see, like there's a funny thing. Like I actually don't know who Wirt is. I only know Wirt's leg as an item that you use to open the cow level or whatever it does in Diablo three, but <laughs> I just know it like, as a leg. <laughs> so he was the other. So of Tristram, the two people who I remember the most like voice lines from would be, of course, Deckard Kane and then Wirt. And mm. Wirt was like this. So he was not in the main town. You had to go like it was still before you went into the dungeons, but you had to go like outside of town, way up to the upper left hand side of the screen and like go. I think maybe even across a river or something. And he was sitting next to a river and he was this peg legged kid and he was the gambling mechanic 
Like, I think a lot of the other Diablos had a character that you could, like, gamble something to try to get mm. a better equipment with. Mm-hmm. So he was the gambling character, but he was known for just, like, never giving you anything good. Like, you could dump thousands of gold into him and only get white items. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, and he was just sarcastic and mean and angry. and The little boy. Yeah, the little boy. Okay. It was like the nastiest kid. And he always just had these like vicious lines about how he hated everything and everyone and how everybody was going to lose. And and you like you were kind of meant to hate Wirt, which is why Wirt's leg is kind of a redeeming thing in, in the second game. Is that like that little that little snot had it coming? <laughs> I see. I see. Huh. That's interesting. Um. So yeah, so Diablo 2 was actually the first one that I got my hands on and played, and it was me and and that same buddy I was talking about earlier that played one uh, that that thought the loot was stacked against him. Um, We were at at Hastings, if you remember that story. Yeah, yeah, the only (laughs) place that you could like uh, trade in computer games for a while. Well, you could also for a long time, you could rent. PC oh, yeah. Games, yeah, you could rent PC games, which is nuts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder why they're not around anymore. Right. <laughs> well, because I'll tell you why, because they exclusively sold media that's no longer sold. They were a <laughs> they were yeah, a it's... physical video game, music, movie and magazine store. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. I so, was not allowed in about half of store they, they got turned into a phone basically yeah. is what happened basically. <laughs> <laughs> i mean really it's true uh, it's true but um but anyway uh so at uh, now i lost my train of thought actually we're, oh yeah we were just at hastings and, and we were looking for a game to buy and he said and he picked up diablo 2 and he was like this is going to be really good we should get it and uh we looked at the box for just a few minutes and i was like all right let's do it and we went home and, and started playing and yeah, I was just absolutely in love with it from from the very first moment that <laughs> that we opened it up. I made a barbarian, and uh, yeah, was was just mesmerized by it. I think almost everybody's first character was a barbarian. <laughs> uh, I actually so so I remember this one a lot more because it was one of the first times. Actually, it was one of like two times. The other being, I think, Heroes of Might and Magic, I want to say two or four, probably four, but I don't know the time. I didn't play all of those, so I'm not entirely sure. But it was one of only two times where my dad was like, don't play that character. And like, so just to be clear, like my dad's not super Christian. Um, And like, so and I had pretty free reign, like I was not forced to go to church a lot as a kid or anything. Um, And like my parents were fairly open about allowing me to kind of find religion on my own. But Diablo two was one of two times where my dad was like, don't play the necromancer. It's like any other class you could play as just don't play the necromancer, please. And like, it wasn't like a, you can't, I won't let you. It was just like, please don't do that. Like, just don't get into that. And I was like, okay, whatever. I don't care. Amazon's (laughs) a hot chick anyway. So, you know, that's where I'm going. Like, (laughs) and because I, I pretty sure I played Barbarian first and I was like, I want something that doesn't have to face tank a zombie. I was like, Oh, Amazon has bows. Awesome. I'm going to shoot. I'm going to stay on the other side of the screen and shoot arrows at everything. And yeah, that was, yeah. 
<laughs> that was that was where that went. <laughs> Amazon right. all the way. Right. Yeah. No, the Amazon was was really cool. Um, you know, I, I grew up playing some of my favorite games are I guess the genre is beat 'em up, like a double dragon or okay. Streets of Rage or yeah. Final Fight and Battle Toads, um, I think falls into that category. This little StarCraft episode throwback. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> um so so I, I always liked kind of, you know, melee action games, I guess you could say. Right. But they're largely, you know, unsatisfying because um, your character always looks the same and it's just a canned character. And maybe you pick up a weapon, but then it only has so many uses and then the weapon goes back away and you're just back to punching or, or whatever it is. Right. And in Diablo, like the ability to pick up a leather helmet and put it on and now it actually shows a leather helmet on my character. Right. And pick up a sword, and the sword that I'm swinging at stuff is that sword. And if I switch to an axe, it's that axe. You know, like, it was just so, I just thought it was so cool. Uh, And then the fact that I could hop on with a buddy and we could run around and kill stuff together and, you know, coordinate what little you do in those games. Uh, Yeah, just really, really neat. And I really, you know, I say, I said earlier at the very beginning that it kind of was my introduction to, like, MMOs to some extent. And that's kind of true, but I really actually didn't play with strangers that much. Although that's actually kind of true for me in MMOs <laughs> now. But but I really enjoyed playing with with friends. And I had, I probably knew, I don't know, five or six people that played Diablo 2. And we were all, I want to say juniors in high school, maybe. Maybe, maybe right. not. Maybe, maybe even seniors. Um, because the thing is, is that I actually want to say... That, that if we did get it before the expansion came out, we got it like a month before the expansion okay. came out. Like we didn't get it at launch. I, I'm um, pretty sure we got it pretty close to launch. I don't think it was like, I mean, I wasn't standing in line launch day or anything, but I think it was sure. fairly close. Gaia. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just thought it was, I just thought it was really cool. And like, it, it took us a long time to get through all of the acts. Like, like Andariel at the end of act one, was hard. Like, oh yeah, we actually she's a, went and she's farmed hundred percent a gear check. Yeah, and like we went and tried to get like poison resist gear, and right. like I don't know, I'd never again. I just I hadn't really played. I guess really I hadn't played a lot of RPGs to that point. Well, and truth. you could you could pretty much get to Andariel with anything, but mm-hmm. Andariel was the first time that you like to get past her. You had to understand the game, like because yeah. you could legitimately screw up your character. Like you could have, you could take an Amazon and put all of your points into strength and then right. you're not using a bow. Like, right. You know, you're going to need to be using the javelins or armor or whatever. Like you could build a character in an awkward way and make it work, but you had to do what you were doing. And, well, and that's probably only going to be true through normal difficulty. Right. right? Like, yeah. <laughs> like you need to min max to get anywhere past normal and, Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I'd played a game where you built the character that way. I'm trying to think. I mean, maybe I had. I mean, I, you you kind of do in like Final Fantasy, but not really. Like you level those characters up, but I don't. I don't know in Final Fantasy games that you really like spec. You can't really all. ruin the melee hero by trying to make them ranged. Yeah. Well, and in most of those games, the weapons are in are you know they're like quote unquote class or oh, character right, locked. Right. Yeah. So it's impossible to to not understand. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's funny because as I'm thinking of all these, you know, I'm remembering Diablo 2 and and thinking all these different things that were so cool to me. 
but really most of them are actually just fundamental things that exist in RPGs. <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean, it's, I just it's, didn't know. It was a lot of your first experiences with those things though. And even that said, like, I mean, I'd played a few RPGs before that, but Diablo two was still a significant difference from, I mean, the random maps, like, so like a lot of JRPGs mm-hmm. and stuff had a pretty static map. You could have random encounters, but right. in Diablo 2 is a fully random map. Like you close and reopen that game and you're getting a completely different tile set. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it was really it was really neat. And and like and then I remember we went to Act 2 and same deal, like Act 2 was super hard and it took us, you know, a couple of weeks probably to get through Act 2. With all those and to bugs beat. with all that poison. Yeah, and Duriel, like also not easy. Um, and the acts were so different. Like, you know, Act One was was this old forest kind of haunted woods feel almost. And then you go to Act Two and it's the desert and it looks totally different. And right. the, the creatures are totally different. And the story, like I thought the cutscenes were really um it, it is vague and like insignificant as they kind of are. Uh, to me, like they they really captured like a, a like kind of the essence of of the game, if you will. Like it, it made it it reinforced that dark theme, right? Um, and there I don't know, there's just a lot of mystery to it all. No, I mean, and that's I, I would have to say, you know, we touched on this in, in the last episode, but the the cutscenes of any Blizzard game was like half the reason why I played. Like, but I yeah. I do agree that it it definitely reinforced that that the feel there was a real feeling of mystery like the first game ended on such a weird note and the second game picked up from that note and took it somewhere right right yeah whereas like diablo 3 even though it is technically a continuation it i don't know it doesn't feel nearly as um maybe mysterious is the right word i don't know kind of foreboding i I think diablo 3 We'll get to it, but I think it ruined a lot of its potential very early on with the way that it chose to tell the story. I would agree with that. Yeah, but, I would agree with that. But I do want to stick on two for a little I bit. I do also. So, sure. so like, not only were the acts all different. So, for one, for me, the acts differences really set in with Act 3. Like, Act 3, for me, was probably one of the creepier acts because it had, like, two... Well, I guess most of the acts had, like, two primary types of settings, but the two that were in Act Three hit me the most because you had the like the tropical rainforest and mm-hmm. then these like overgrown viney crypts. And I I don't know, just like the little pygmy people everywhere always just kind of freaked me out. These pygmy people with these giant butcher knives. Like and <laughs> I mean I'm I'm I was high school age. I was probably freshman sophomore year in high school by around that time. So I mean I wasn't like a total weenie, but still gave me the weird chills these little giant tooth pygmy people running around going man and stabbing at me you know and like they're just really unique creatures too how they'd like totem pole up and stuff and you'd have like two or three of them in a group that would all stack together and you kill it by like knocking it apart into a bunch of smaller critters yeah well just you know just the animations you know kind of going back to what i was talking about my first just love of it with like seeing the gear on your character the animations like that too. Yeah. Really cool. Like I just hadn't, I, again, I'd never played an RPG at least that had that level of like, uh, immersion in, in yeah. In the way that the, the, that it looked. Well, because the <laughs> you, most you would get would be to something like that in like a JRPG would be like a multi-stage boss fight. 
where you'd fight mm-hmm. the first form and it would be three stacked on top of each other and then at a certain amount of damage it'd like brank and just it'd just be a one frame animation to them being right. stacks and this was a basic level enemy mm-hmm. that was running around and interacting and having dynamic death animations that it would fall apart into different stuff and that was just that's just a basic guy running around yeah yeah i think i i think i think of act three as my least favorite because eventually that's where i spent a ton of time doing mephisto runs because that was kind of the the way people farmed yep so i eventually got really really like i you know we were talking about the randomization of it but i got to the point as many did so this was not unique oh yeah where you could just you knew what the layout of the level was based there on were, the there opening were tile set. T- yeah, there were tile sets that you could start learning, and you would learn there it'll either be an exit here or there's probably two or three tile sets to the south that you're going to have to go through. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, but yeah, I don't, so for me that experience, so I thought that three that the Act Three was super cool as well. It's kind of like like a South American kind of jungle feel, right, or something, yeah. ancient Mayan temples or something. Um, but then. For me, like the 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 creepy feeling you're talking about, I actually got that when when we went to hell, because again, I never played Diablo one, so I, I, up to that point, you just haven't really seen that kind of environment, a hell or you know, with demons running around right. and just I don't know. Uh, and I thought that up was to that point is like goblins and imps. And... Yeah, well, and I also had you know in the first game you're fighting down to hell, right. so that just happens. But I really didn't have any idea as to where the game was going. You know, uh, I didn't understand that Act 4 right, was going to be right. hell. So I was just along for the ride. And then we get there and it's just like, oh, my God, this is crazy. Like, <laughs> I, I'm so Well, the excited. corpse spitters, mm-hmm. like those things were grotesque and would eat other enemies and spit them at you. And like, if you died down there, they could eat your body and you could lose all your gear. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was it was nuts. I uh, I don't know, and 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 then the expansion. So I guess you played it all before the expansion. Yeah, I actually played. So I not only so the first time I got to hell, um, I'm pretty sure I got there with an Amazon. I got to hell, and I just got face trolled like the whole time. Mm. Um, and um, excuse me. So I, I I got it was so bad, and I think I so I either died and got my corpse eaten by one of the corpse eaters and lost all my gear or just realized by that point that I was really uh, like under geared and wrong leveled. Like I just did not like my build and they didn't have like a respec scroll. Like you couldn't take any points back. And so I, I'm, I ended up just wiping the game and starting a new character and I did another Amazon, but I like this time I'm going to build it right and level properly. And I think I was rushing through the game on my first character. So I got there way under level um, and got mad. And so the second time I like really pushed it and made sure that I was like hitting all my gear marks and hitting, you know, had a build planned out and got to Diablo at like level 33. And I remember the highest level skill was level 30. And so I got the immodulation arrow, which like you fire an arrow and it sets fire on the ground wherever it hits an enemy. Right. And Mm -hmm. it like had a small stun chance or I had a couple points in frost arrow or something. Long story short, I get to Diablo over leveled my second time. 
Mm. and get there and like the actual Diablo fight the first time I'm fighting Diablo because the first time I didn't make it to him I just got rocked in hell the second time I make it all the way to Diablo with my character and I'm over leveled and I don't really realize it because it's still kind of a hard game I'm not like super over leveled um and yeah I just stand back at the corner of the screen and fire like 15 immotilation arrows with like alternating between a frost arrow like every three and I basically stun locked him and killed him in like 12 seconds and he didn't fire a single attack at me <laughs> like not a single I didn't know what his attacks were like other people wow. are like oh man he stuns you in the bone cage and then lightning and I'm like what like he stood <laughs> there like a, and he was dead in 10 seconds and like you got to run him a second time but yeah so like it was so anticlimactic because I was like I'm gonna get there this time and then I was just like, ba-dum, 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 brah, you win. And I was like, what? Why was this so hard last time? <laughs> like... Right. Yeah, the first time I got to Diablo, um, and I think it must have been before the expansion was out, but the first time I got there, I went there with a Necro, and the Necro that I had built was Bone Army, and so I had like Bone Skeleton Warriors oh, yeah. and Bone, I think, Wizards. Okay, yeah, yeah. Which is cool, except that the only way to summon them is to have corpses. Oh. And in the Diablo fight, there's no abs. Right. So, <laughs> so I show up with a bone army because, you know, I had to fight stuff to get to him. Right. So I, the very first moment of it, it's fine, except they don't have high health. No. So he wipes all of them with his lightning <laughs> AOE or whatever. And then I just can't summon any more corpses and I don't have any other skill. I don't have. <laughs> yeah. So I just actually couldn't beat Diablo with that character. And so I uh, uh, eventually had to just start over. I eventually made a sorceress and that, that's what I actually played to the high eighties, you know, eventually. Right. But um, yeah, I, I remember thinking that act five was super, super cool. Like, climbing the mountain or whatever and like fighting through those battlefields like i right. thought that was really really neat so i think there there was so long between me playing because i remember act like the expansion specifically being like my junior year in high school mm. so i think there was probably a solid like i think we must have gotten diablo 2 pretty close to launch because it was almost a year like right. And I remember starting, I remember loving playing the druid and loving playing through the first, like I had a werewolf druid that I played with, um, loved the first four acts. But when I finally got to act five, I either cheated, <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure I cheated my way through act five because I was bored, but uh, wanted to see the story. Yeah, yeah. And and I didn't want to have to grind through it. I I wasn't really enthralled by like, the mountain fight. I thought that it was kind of weird that we hadn't destroyed Diablo's soul stone. Like, I'm like, you're, we had Mephisto's soul stone. We went to hell specifically to destroy it. We found the forge. We hit it with the hammer. Then we got Diablo's soul stone and didn't walk the 10 feet back to the hammer and the anvil. Like just go back 10 feet and you banish evil forever. And we didn't do that. Like what? Ha and then now we're dealing with Bale and some Worldstone thing. Like it didn't really. I just wasn't. I was probably hitting that point where I was coming back to a game that I was already burned out on and trying to like force myself through it. Yeah, I don't know. It's interesting actually because 
in thinking about it, you know, I, I've always kind of just carried it in my mind that I was just really, really into Diablo two for, I don't know how long it was, nine months or something. And that, that was, that it was just the quality of the game itself that, that pulled me through. But really, I don't know that that's entirely true. I might've found myself in a similar spot. The, I think the reason that, that it also pulled me through was because there was a group of people that I knew that was playing it kind of at the same level, if you will, as right. I was. I mean, maybe we weren't all literally the same level, but you know, you they're generally not... going to school talking about the same things. Exactly. Exactly. A couple of days before. Right. And so there was just kind of a little community of like, it was cool if you could, you know, like I remember one guy got a, a wind force bow one time that dropped and it was like, oh my God, I can't believe you saw that drop because we'd never seen that, you know? Um, right. So I don't know. Yeah. It's interesting. It's interesting how things can impact <laughs> I think that's, how you feel about oh, Go ahead. No, I was just going to kind of lead on to, I think that's why I ended up playing through the expansion is like, I was excited by the Druid and cause that was just a really, I was already interested in that kind of, Mm -hmm. magic area at the time but i think i largely played through it because that's what everybody else was doing and so i was like i guess i have to play through act five because everybody mm, is right yeah, but I, yeah I don't know I, I i'm pretty sure i I've, i pretty vividly remember downloading various diablo cheats and hack editors to like power level characters because I remember I had never played the Sorceress, but one of my friends was like, oh, Sorceress is the best, rah, rah, rah. And so I, like, leveled up Sorcerer to max and pumped all the points into the, like, ice sphere thing. Mm -hmm. And then went into the cow level and just, like, one casting of it killed everything in the cow level. And I was like, this is bull! <laughs> uh, but of course I leveled her to, like, 100 or something. And I was like, this game's broken. My guy just spent six months with an Amazon only to go back again. And do it all yeah. over and you sorceress just got one easy time rah, rah, rah. got really mad about it and then i was pretty wow done with it so i was <laughs> <laughs> salty gamer i see yeah i uh yeah i don't know i didn't feel i i don't remember ever being upset by balance things at that point in time um i just remember eventually i burned out on the game because we got to hell we got to hell difficulty and one of my other buddies who was playing spent an entire day in trade the trade channel one day and uh, was able to secure just by trading stuff from people uh, two sets of, of set armor for us. Oh, nice. And so it, the, the way that they stacked the difficulty against you, and there may have been other factors, but when you went to Nightmare, you got negative 30 resist uh, yep, just automatically. Right. And then I think in Hell... It was like maybe either like negative 70 or 80 or I don't know, something 90, ridiculous something like crazy. Yeah. So you really had to build resist gear like you you had to have it. And this set that he got us gave us like plus 80 to all resist. So nice. it kind of <laughs> kind of made it survivable. But yeah, so it was like, I don't know, I, I was I was into to going through the harder difficulties and, and constantly going and going. And then once we got to cow levels and it was like, this is the end game it just dawned on me that like we're only doing this to get more powerful, except that once you get more powerful, you're just this is still this. all there is. Yeah. To do. This is still right. the end. Right. Yeah. Right. So, 
and at there that was point, no like time trial on it either. You didn't get like a you beat the cow level in five minutes. It was just there. Yeah, I mean, it, they had leaderboards for different things. I don't remember what they were for anymore. And maybe they, maybe it even wasn't out at that point. I know eventually they introduced seasons, which they haven't, you know, now in Diablo right. three. But um, but yeah, I don't know. It kind of lo- after after that sunk in. I don't know that I ever played it again. I think like, my <laughs> real because like, I mean, and I, I still played some after Act five and messed around with some legit characters and not. But I think what really killed it for me was I, I was still so I don't really think that I played online with anybody else. But I we talked about it at home and mm. stuff, but I, don't, I, I didn't really socially play video games. I still don't really socially play video games, but I was a lot worse then. And when. I so I had there was like one friend in our friend group. There were like two, one or two guys that were more savvy on like more on the internet than we were, like actually building and trading things. Whereas I was just like a messenger is the coolest thing ever. They were like learning like early eBay and stuff, and I I knew a guy that was getting into like selling stones of Jordan. Mm-hmm. And stuff and when i learned that there was like this whole economy and he ended up buying like a new computer by selling off characters and stuff and by this yeah. time i had like cheated all my characters to hell and they were all illegitimate and you couldn't do anything with them online and i was like oh so i could have made money if i didn't do all of that like but <laughs> at the same point in time it's kind of like i don't want to just because it's not like this Sol- a Stone of Jordan was like super expensive or anything. It was like eight or ten bucks. It was really rare. But I was like, that's still not more. I, I was early into jobs, like real jobs. Like, I think I started mowing lawns when I was like 10 or 11 and moved into other actual work as soon as I hit like 15 and could. And I was like, I can make $10 in an hour at, at like a Burger King. Like it's going to take right. me four hours to get a Stone of Jordan in Diablo. So it's not really... I just didn't see the financial win there. And I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I was definitely working as well. I mean, my, my favorite memory of Diablo two was one week in the summer. My mom went out of town for a week, you know, to visit family or I don't know what. And, and I was, I think it was between my junior and senior year. And my, my buddy brought his computer over and we had two phone lines, nice. but since my mom wasn't there, we could use both. So we both just, yeah, just got on dial up and we both had to work still because it was summer, you know, so right. we worked more probably than we did during the school year. But yeah, we would work and we were all, we were both done by work by about 9 p.m. And then we would just go from 9 p.m. until about 6 a.m. playing. And then at 6 a.m., we would go to Panera, <laughs> which was then called St. <laughs> Louis Bread Saint Company. St. Louis Bread Co. Yep. And then we would get coffee, which we otherwise never drank, and like a pastry or something. And then we would actually go to bed. So it was kind of a weird <laughs> time to have coffee. <laughs> you just needed the coffee to be able to get home. <laughs> correct. Correct. It was, it was just that we had stayed up all night, right. and so it was daylight, and... It's kind of like, you know, at that age where you can you can pick to go do something and someone else doesn't gatekeep that right. from you, you know? So it's like, oh, we can go to Panera now if we want. Like, cool. <laughs> Even though now I would not stay up till 6 a.m. and then agree to go to Panera. I, so. I, I'm not sure. I'm, I miss the days where I could. Like, LAN parties and, and 
big events where you stay up all night and you get your second wind at like three, four o'clock in the morning after the weird giggle phase where everything's funny. And then you keep going and then you're able to like still sleep for four hours and function the next day. Like, God bless. Those are great times. <laughs> I don't have that can't, say anymore. can't say I've left them behind entirely. Uh, they're just not unassisted anymore. We'll say well, that's we'll fair. Leave and, it at that. And we'll leave it at that. It, <laughs> there's a much more of a recovery, like the body keeps a much higher score. In, yeah. in adulthood it may take a couple days of recovery right right you can't yep. do it three or four days in a row that's for sure that's true i actually tried that within the last few months and just got sick just oh. immediately it was just it was i felt like i had the flu i mean i didn't really and i was fine once i rested but right yeah, it didn't work to, to try and just stay up too long i think um, one of the other things that diablo did that i I loved the idea, but hated how difficult it was to work through was rune words. Yeah, that's a system that was cool when we played it. But actually later, like in the mid 2000s, they expanded that dramatically. Really? Yeah, they actually added an entire end game to Diablo 2 well beyond what was there when, when you know, it all came out. Right. Uh, something called Ubers, which... I think I'm hearing about that. Well, so in Diablo 3, which I know we haven't technically started on yet, but whatever, in Diablo 3, you know how you can do, um, you can farm the like infernal machine yeah, parts. Yeah, yeah. So those are similar to the way that Ubers worked in Diablo 2, from what I understand. Like, I think it's kind of at least you could say inspired by the way Ubers worked in Diablo 2 okay. later. But yeah, Tim, that we you know mutually know. Yeah. Uh, he played a lot of Diablo 2 in the mid 2000s. And yeah, I mean, there all of that economy stuff you were talking about, he was fully invested in that. And you know, I say fully invested, I just mean time wise. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, just knew knew all that stuff and, and told me all about it. And I was like, huh, that's that's crazy. I mean, by the time all that was true, I was fully into MMOs and never looked back to right. Diablo 2 again. So I, I mean, I knew a few people that were pretty big into online economies specifically i knew a guy that made had beta access to everquest and ended up making something like sixty thousand dollars off of selling three characters because they let you keep your characters from beta to release but it was like Mm. that was when beta was like a super rare thing like you didn't like nowadays you can get into a beta or online beta is just early access like everybody i was gonna say they just release games in beta now right exactly (laughs) just sell it to you in beta but this was like i think it was like a good six months before everquest's official launch that he was playing and getting like max level characters and unimpeded access to gear and bosses Mm -hmm. and stuff he didn't have to wait nobody else was killing it and he had like three or four high level characters that he sold on ebay before that was illegal and made a legit butt ton of like came into school with a brand new car. It's like a senior year came to school with a brand new car and had paid for like college and paid for a cut, like got a bunch of random things, built a brand new computer and a bunch of stuff. And I hate it. It's, <laughs> that, it's funny because in a lot of places, if that have if someone came to school with it, it's like, you definitely sell drugs. Right. Like, that's, right. And he that's was just... like, he was a super Christian dude who just also God, played yeah. video games and like big Christian family. And I think he was an only child <laughs> and he was a great ahead of me. And yeah, comes to school. It just, I'm just like, I actually, that's, 
I know this is way off topic, but that's where my hatred of MMOs started was mm. like jealousy at that. <laughs> and then I also oh, no. later on lost a really good friend to them going out and playing an MMO that I couldn't afford to play. And, and I couldn't keep up. And then just, we stopped being friends because they were only friends through the internet, through the MMO. And, right. and so it was like, oh, MMOs forever, my enemy. Hmm. As an adult, turns find out I just don't really like them that much. But <laughs> yeah, they're actually—I mean, we'll we'll do a different yeah, series we'll on them at there. some point. But they're just not really that great a lot of the time. There's a lot of them, and most of them suck. Um, so yeah, actually talking about the economy and stuff, though, I think is a good segue into Diablo three yep. because they made some really interesting decisions. And interesting is probably not the word that you would use, but um. We're of course talking about. I'm of course talking about the the auction house that Diablo three launched with. Um, I mean, I, I got it. I know why they did it. Like the Diablo well, black market was making a lot of money even up until Diablo 3's release. Well, and so see, like, I, and and you're you're absolutely right. And and so it, it, I don't think that there's any question that they saw it as an opportunity to to make additional revenue. However, I actually thought it was cool because. I wanted nothing to do with those weird forum economies. When my buddy I was talking about earlier was telling us about or telling me about how all this stuff with those Uber bosses and the currencies turned into there were just currencies on the forum that you were trading right. for items for. It was kind like of like items. free crypto type stuff. Right. And it's like, I don't want to I don't want to learn all that and get involved in that and have to figure out how people can hustle you out of that. Well, there like, was also still a time. And I don't know if that's true for me. Just been me. I was still pretty naive, but it felt like that was like there was a difference between downloading a no CD key for Diablo versus like black market online trading just seemed like this is like real illegal. Like I mean, downloading me, an MP3 didn't feel as illegal as like dabbling in these weird currencies where like if I give my credit card number to somebody on the Internet, that's a bad thing. Well, and I, I mean, to be fair, I think a lot of them, at least the ones that I'm familiar with, I, I don't know that they actually required you to put real money in it. So it wasn't even so much that I thought there was a risk of being taken advantage of in a real financial way as much as it's just like. It, it's just an unregulated weird thing that I don't actually like. I want to play the game. I don't want to learn your forum rules. Right, you know what I mean? Game. Yeah. And so I actually was really, really excited that they had done that because the thing is, is that if you wanted to go play Diablo two and it's, you know, fancier form with all this new end game and you have to trade because the, the way drops work in Diablo two, you're not going to find the gear you want. Right. So you have to trade but no one trades through the trade channel. So you have to go to these weird places. Um, so when Diablo three announced an in-game auction house mechanic, I was all for it. Now, I don't know how much I really thought or considered the implications of the real money versus the gold auction house. Right. I knew that I only really cared to participate in the gold one, at least as far as buying, I had no intent on spending money on Diablo gear. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, 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 I thought it was really cool uh, when I read about it and when they talked about it before the game launched. I, as Blizzard was, <laughs> horribly mistaken, um, which we can find out through your take on <laughs> uh, well, the Auction I mean, House and Diablo 3. It, it, 
it's one of those things where I think it would have worked a lot better if like, and of course this is proven more so in their response to removing it than it is their response to introducing it. But they had to completely redesign the game when they removed it because yes. they coded it in a way that ensured that a higher percentage of other characters gear would drop for your character that most of your gear you couldn't use and and that's to encourage the use of the auction house like if it was just tacked on without any manipulation mechanics i think it would have like if they could have removed the auction house and nobody would have gotten mad because well i still get randomized gear then i think it probably would have had a much better chance of succeeding i personally so i messed with the gold money stuff and then i'm pretty sure i put in like ten dollars into the real money auction house like 10 or i don't remember what the minimum was i only spent 10 i may have had 10 left over to buy heroes of the storm characters like years later or something i don't know but i i spent like ten dollars to get one or two pieces of like set gear or legendary gear for my demon hunter that made me just like because the difference was astronomical at the power Mm -hmm. level that you could get for ten dollars and so like three bucks for a crossbow six dollars for two like i'm in let's do it and with that i was able to then make like $15 by getting other gear and selling it on the real money auction house. And I did start like, there was a piece of me that started playing the Excel spreadsheets game where I would track items and qualities and what they're selling for and like starting to buy low and sell high kind of thing to see if I could just make money. But I, I realized that that became the game that I was playing. Like, I didn't log in to go kill monsters. I logged in to check the auction house, see what things were selling for, see if anything was a steal at low at a low price that I could nab really fast, and then turn around and flip it for 70 cents or $2 or whatever. So I don't mean this question as a challenge no, yeah. as much as just I'm curious, but do you actually the was it actually written that they manipulated the code so that you got drops that weren't for your character? Yeah, no, they I'm pretty sure they finally admitted, especially because the redesign when they redesigned it, some of the things were like you have increased chance of getting items for your character. Well, yeah, but so the reason I ask that is just because that's a the reason I ask if it was written that that's true is because you definitely didn't used to get gear for your character very often but that was the same thing that was true in diablo 2 and in diablo 1 right um and really the reason that they redesigned it at least my understanding the way they did now is because they didn't just remove the auction house they removed trading yeah like you so you kind of have to get gear that drops for your character because there's not another way to get it now and i kind of appreciated that they did that because it's like if they were going to take away the auction house well, let's not replace it with these black market economies again. And so instead, they just went away from trading entirely. Um, but I, I, it's interesting to hear your experience with the Real Money Auction House because I had the same experience with um, the Gold Auction House. You know, even though I didn't participate in the Real Money one, the Gold Auction House was still, you still had to do that because, again, you had to trade and the Auction House was the trade channel. Right. Um, and so I actually found the same thing that you did, even though you were doing it, hoping to see if you could like flip something and make a couple bucks. The uh, 
the, the gold auction house, the, the, what ended up happening is I would go and play, fill up my inventory with gear. And the thing is, is at that time, yellows, you know, rare gear sold also. Like it wasn't just sets and legendaries because yeah. those were really, really, really rare. And so I didn't, I had no idea what anything was worth. And so, yeah, I would literally fill up my inventory and then go to the auction house and price check everything. Right. And then, <laughs> and it, and it, it just turned into like, you know, I, I mean, I played some, but a, a large segment of that time was spent checking prices on the auction house and it's just not fun. Like, I just don't, I don't care. Right. I don't want to do it. But if you don't, you're, you're hosing yourself because you might vendor this thing for 500 and you could have sold it for 50,000, you know? Right. Um, so I don't well, know. And I think it's it, again, I, so I'm not, I, I tried to do like a super quick search and I might not find any like really evidence or anything but i i wouldn't put it past them to code something in their favor to make money with because they were taking like 10 percent cut of anything sold on the auction house or there was a tax or whatever mm-hmm. and additionally i think it was like a minimum price of 25 cents or something but the fact that the game like the game was not fun without it as evidenced by how much like so after the auction house was taken off um because me and a friend that that i had played with pretty well uh he i convinced him to reload it after the auction house got removed and he was like we both bought like i have my box like it's sitting here next to me like i have my original box and my original cd you can't play that game from cd like if you put the dvd in i think it's a dvd based game so I have the box here. I can probably look, but um, let's see. Is it doesn't say on the front? It just says matured for seventeen plus. So whatever. I'm not going to open it up. Um, you put the DVD in, and it would load the installer, which was like mm-hmm. eight megs, and then mm-hmm. immediately say the rest of this game has to be downloaded. Your CD is invalid. Right. And and it's like thirteen gigs, and at a time mm-hmm. where like I mean five years ago or so like the highest dsls was like you know three six meg dsl if you're lucky and it took him he had to download it for like two days to get back into it because it just straight up rejected his dvd like that's how much of the game they had to change was that they couldn't install anything off the dvd yeah no they they totally redesigned it but that's actually you know i mean the reason that we originally decided to talk about blizzard is because they're kind of this like champion of the company that tries to do the right thing and Diablo three is well, maybe until they announced Diablo mobile, um, <laughs> but, but Diablo three is like one of the biggest blemishes on their record. It's true. Know? I mean, I, I think that there's still a company out to make money. Like, and well, sure. again, I don't necessarily fault them for that. I'm like, Ooh, you guys are terrible they, of companies that are trying to make money. They're definitely one of the better ones. Cause at least they give a pretty good product, at least up until, Activision happened, which I think active didn't Activision buyout happen just before Diablo three released. Um, I don't think Activision I, was really in control yet, but I think they had already acquired. I they may have because they bought them whenever whenever WoW was still the primary right. thing, I and mean, it was before Battle.net had come out. I mean, Diablo three launched prior to Battle.net. I remember that. Did it? Yeah, because it used to have its own launcher that that would. That would oh, okay, the in. battle. So I'm sorry, the Battle.net launcher. I'm like, I remember Battle.net as like a thing that was in the original StarCraft, yeah, but that was sorry, just for I, matchmaking. 
And yeah, and they use that in StarCraft. I mean, to be fair, you're right, actually. That is that is actually confusing for me to say that. Battle.net or Battle.net or whatever has been around since the 90s, but the revamped version of it that exists now right. is As the Blizzard launcher. game launcher. Yeah. Okay. We had a storefront and all of that. That's fair. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I think that Diablo 3 did make a lot of mistakes. Although, again, I actually supported at least the auction house. I actually thought that they had a good idea because I also prefer an auction house to a trade channel. Cause I don't want to sit yeah, and talk no, I agree. and spam. I, I think um, that it did, but you're right. It didn't work. Well, so. and I don't think it could have worked even, even if it was without a real money auction house. It's one of those right. things like, you know, Chinese gold farmers were already an issue in wow. And an issue in the original, like Diablo two and bot farming is an issue in almost any MMO. And so trying to get, there's no good way to combat that even if you remove because yeah i mean i liked it better than a trade chat i thought it was a pretty Mm -hmm. fun idea i thought that hey you know people sell characters and games even though you're not supposed to do that even though you're not allowed to do that on ebay anymore like to this day you can go into any fee to pay mobile game and find people trying to sell maxed out clients and whatever like oh, yeah. it's just so why not just say okay this is going to happen anyway we're going to acknowledge it let's get our cut of it and use that cut to make the game better i mean there's a dude who works it now <laughs> that uh has that sells eq accounts still oh wow so <laughs> yeah yeah it's uh it's a it's it, it's still all going on um but yeah, I thought that that they made some some definite blunders. Now, the auction house is probably the only blunder of the game that I would defend from like a I can see where they were coming from with it. Right. But like this the story of Diablo 3, which we kind of hinted at earlier in ref, you know, in comparison to the Diablo 1, very dark. Diablo 2, pretty much the same, still pretty dark. And then you go into Diablo 3 and just like in the StarCraft episode we talked about, it's the same thing they did with StarCraft 2, especially the third, you know, uh, Protoss expansion. They just kind of Disney movied it. Yeah. And it's really, really, really dissatisfying. In a hard <laughs> way, too, because it starts strong. It yep. starts really there. There's a couple like store specifically story wise. I do want to touch base at some point on uh, like the E3 trailers and how they were different or the early launch stuff for Diablo three and how it was different from the original. But anyway, story wise, I loved the fallen star. I loved Tyrael as a black guy that didn't know who he was, who, you know, you restore his sword and he becomes, you know, the archangel Tyrael. I thought that was awesome. I loved that. Agreed. Um, I also was not against Magda, the like moth woman. Like there's so few references to a good mothman in a game that this like moth woman, which was a cool character, but I did not place her any higher than like Andariel. She was to me in my mind. Oh, that's the boss of act one. Like, we right. put the sword back together. We foiled her plan. Now we're going to go kick her ass and we're going to take Deckard Kane, and we're going to go have an adventure and we're going to get the cube and we're going to do all the fun things that we did in the first game. And 
he is going to identify my items for me forever. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's right. his job. Right. And because he has this, like, they're starting to get into this story where it's like, Deckard Kane is one of the last of the Haradrim, and they're talking about the Haradrim as a sect of people, and like giving them more story. And Deckard Kane has this deeper, richer story that's given to him in the intro movie, where he's taking an apprentice and he's kind of reviving the Haradrim by teaching her about demonology, and he's got all these crazy books. And it's like, you had none of that in the second one. You got, like, Diablo 2, there was some backstory to Deckard Cain, but mostly through him just telling you about other things in the world. And in Diablo 3, it's like, oh, he's a real character. Like, you rescue him. Like, he's, you know, he is in the crater of the meteor that came in, and he knows that something's up. And he's going to tell you all about it. And and then and then it happened. <laughs> <laughs> right. Go on. Go oh, on. I, I, I mean, it, it he he voiced out like not only did he voice out, but nobody did anything as the weak witch whose foiled plans have been foiled multiple times. You like come back from an adventure and She's like, I'm here all along and you're going to die now. And that dead. Yeah. And it just like unceremoniously, unclimactically killing off a beloved character who even by that point, people were like, stay a while and listen is one of the earliest internet memes. Like, well, and like Deckard Kane is Diablo in the same way that Link is Zelda. Right. You know what I mean? Like it's not, but it but it is. Like, I don't know. Like Deckard Kane should be in every Diablo game ever forever. Right. He, in he some should be form. off the table even, of killing. Even if he's a spirit guide. Like they can right. Star Wars spirit him in, he should be in every right. game. Like guiding you right. and identifying your items. Right. Well, and he should be the one that like that's like always the last holdout that Diablo is still real and that these primevals are still a problem. You know what right. I mean? Like, yeah. Like trying to get, whole... he's the crazy old man that nobody wants to listen to. And he's like, right. no, look, it's here in the prophecy. And then the meteor falls and he's right. like, I told you. Right. But it's like, I don't, yeah, it would be like if, I don't know if Mario had to re- rescue like princess Peach's daughter or something. <laughs> it's like, who cares? Like we don't need this much. Just, you know, just go back to Peach. It's fine. Like, same thing. Um, yeah, I mean, I I was really surprised. It, the word you used is perfect. It's anticlimactic. I was really surprised at that. Excuse me, but I was more surprised that you can't actually resolve it. Like, if you find Deckard Kane dead, like, as we just said, that shouldn't happen. But okay, fine, it did. Immediately as the player, it's like, okay, well, let's go get revenge. Right. No. No, you've got to go fight no. the Skeleton King. Magda's and the not, butcher. Not, uh, yeah, the butcher and the skeleton. Not only that, but Magda's, you don't get to touch her until what? She's the mid boss of Act Two. Right, exactly. Like, yep. you have to go yep. forever. And it's like, and by the time you fight her, it's like, well, I don't really care about my revenge anymore because the game has lost its meaning. Well, and when, when the game came out, tying into what we were discussing with the way that, you know, gearing worked with the auction house, like, I remember when we went to act two, we got wrecked on 
Like Act Two was super oh, hard yeah. compared and, to and, Act One. Well, especially because there were bugs in Act, like literal, figurative, literal bugs of the flying mosquitoes that shoot the little sh- green. Yeah, bugs. and they would go invisible, and you would get hit by them, and they would kill you. Because like it only took like two or three hits. If you're not overpowered as all get out, it only took two or three hits anyway. And yeah. then the the bug was that they would be invisible and you couldn't see them and they would spawn off screen. And so you'd just be standing there looking at your inventory and bleh, dead. Right. And it's like, yeah. what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was um it was pretty it was pretty ridiculous and 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 yeah, it, so it took a long time to get to Magda, you know, like like you were saying. Um, although I will say that for me, what really lost it, I mean, like all of that was disappointing and weird. But for me, what really lost it was actually Act 3. Because when Act 3 came, I was like, okay, this will be the redemption. Because it's the armies of hell, it's Asmodan, he's the general of, of hell, like great. This is why I play this game right. is because I want to fight the army of hell. And then the army of hell is represented by a static image in the background that you can't interact with. And the actual gameplay, you fight like maybe 300 bad guys. I mean, I, let's even call it a thousand right. that you, that you fight all the way through act three. Like that's it. That's the army. That's the whole thing. Well, like, it, it once again showed this kind of bouncing back and forth where like the first part of Act 3 is really, at least the first time you play it, is really engaging and immersive. Because there's like these snake demons, you know, latching onto the walls, spewing out troops that you have to kill. You've got to like light the beacons to call Gondor for aid yeah. and, and load the catapults and defend them while they, although like I'm like Little soldier dude, just get off and let me let me crank this thing. I crank it like fifty times before you crank it twice. Like, <laughs> right? <laughs> but it's still kind of right. cool. And there's like soldiers getting lifted off by flying demons that'll just come up and snatch a dude. And it was like, oh holy crap, this is it. Kind of reinvigorated me. But then everything past that was just like meh. Like I really thought that halfway through when the demons burst in underground that they were going to burst in and keep bursting in and kill off everyone. And you have to relocate your base, like fall back. Right. Mm. And that I was like, I just immediately, as soon as like a couple demons burst in for that little in-game cutscene kind of thing, I was like, Oh, they're all going to burst in and kill everyone here. And like me and Leah and Tyrael are going to have to fall back to some other position. Cause we're losing. And I was like, no, you just actually just go down into the keep, like right there. There's like three guys that came through, and ah, that was no big deal. And it's, yeah, it just felt like they could have punched that up so hard, where like they could have made you feel like we've killed all your merchants. You no longer can buy gear. You no longer can get free healing. Like it's you and Tyrael and Leah, and you guys had to fall back, and you've got to find a way to win. You know, like right. Well, and I, there's a cutscene. You know, it was actually yet again a, a, a unique low for Blizzard because, as we've talked about, all the cutscenes are so great. But the Act Three, there's a cutscene where Asma Dan shows up in Leah's dream. Oh yeah, to taunt her, and it's like, huh, why would like how is this not beneath him? Right, like, he's supposed to be the like general how, of hell. Right, like, why is he visiting a 17 year old girl in her sleep? 
Like you can't even confront her. Actually, you have to go in her dreams and tell her that you're so badass. Like this is not believable. And then another buddy of mine pointed out his giant nipple rings, which you cannot unsee <laughs> once you've seen. And uh, like, door yeah, knockers. I don't know. Yeah, it do. God, I hate that. You... <laughs> I was uh, I was actively unseeing it, and then you said that, and then it was just completely buried in oh, my mind. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Um. Anyway, yeah, I don't know. I, I so Diablo three story wise, I think was was pretty dissatisfying you know you go into heaven heaven looked really cool but it takes like 20 minutes there's almost no content to act for whatsoever i couldn't believe how short it felt see for me it it was actually uh, and maybe this is just like my couple encounters in heaven were way longer like took way more time than they should have just because the map layout required you to at least every time i played it i had to double back so many times running through mm-hmm. areas where everything was already dead, but there were just really long, thin tiles with lots of stairs. And it disengaged... Because, like, the, it, it almost reinvigorated me, because even though I didn't care that Leah was Diablo, I didn't care about her witchy mother, stepmother, Ariel, and Adria, Adria whatever. Like, didn't care about any of that. But seeing Diablo like shed the skin and fight an angel and start wrecking heaven. I was all about and going into heaven again for like five minutes, super invigorated. And then for me, it was like two hours of slogging around fighting the same demons, seeing the same. There's only like three or four enemies in the high (laughs) heavens at all. Mm -hmm. And like, like you guys are bl- like the number of enemy types you should be able to come up with, not even just recolored skeletons. Like, I don't care about that, but like creative, crazy, inventive things and to like terrain falling and stuff like I, I, I think that just all of Diablo three would have been better as a movie. Like just a <laughs> one hour movie and like then it would be acceptable for Deckard Kane to die because some other studio did it and took some creative liberty and like whatever that's not canon like (laughs) i i feel like i i guess that's just the feeling that i have is i feel like diablo 3 was made by a different studio like yeah um i don't know i i think that i think that i would agree that the the initial version of diablo 3 to me didn't feel like it was up to the standard for you know all the reasons that we've been citing but i actually do think that with reaper of souls the expansion um, which was, you know, they, they took out the auction house and they revamped Paragon levels and they did some of the stuff in preparation for Reaper of Souls. But then once that expansion came out, that was really the 2.0 version of the game. And I don't know, I, I, I can't say it's my favorite game or I think it's like, you know, I can't even argue that it's the best ARPG that's out there. But I actually just this last weekend, kind of in preparation for us having this conversation, went and played some more Diablo 3. And it it's interesting how the game is now designed because it's very easy to find a power level. And so I got from one to 70 and Paragon level like 180 in less than two hours. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I've I've gone back and picked it up at least maybe once a year for the last once, mm-hmm. or twice a year for the last few years. I have another friend who will also get a Diablo spurt. 
And so when him and his lady, when I see both of them pop online, I'll be like, ah, all right, I'll just hop in for yeah. a week. But uh, yeah, it's like it, it's you shouldn't even have to level up to 70 anymore. You should just be able to start a new <laughs> hero at 70 because it takes like 15 minutes. Right. Even even without power leveling, you can get there as long as long as you just jack the difficulty all the way up for your first you know, 20 levels. Then you can turn the difficulty down, which allows you to zoom through the rest of the content and then turn it back up again. I'm right. Like, yeah, it's uh, I don't know. It's, it's interesting because it's a game that basically, I mean, to your point you're just making it it just throws you directly into the end game and the reason that i appreciate it is because you know to contrast it with probably the most popular action rpg that exists now path of exile i would guess um which path of exile is more like the the next the modernized version of diablo 2 right right? like Like it's all a trading economy. It's all heavily based. I mean, you want to you want to talk about not getting anything for your oh, character? Yeah. Gear go play game. Path of Exile. <laughs> um, but the 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 downside of that is like I did Path of Exile. I don't know sometime in the last year and went online and looked at builds and picked a build that you know they said was a good beginner build and and went to do it. But I couldn't actually get the gear that I needed to make the build work. Uh, until I was close to level like 70, which was like, I don't know, probably 15, 20 hours of gameplay. I don't know yeah. exactly how much it was, but it took me quite a while before I got the build. And then once I got it, it was kind of like, okay, like <laughs> that, that's it now. Now I see how it works. And I wasn't really that impressed by it. I mean, it, it worked like they said it did, but it wasn't really that thrilling to play. Right. Whereas in Diablo, with the season journeys that they do, where they just throw a set at you, you can you can jump in and and through the set identify a unique hook or whatever for the, that that style of play. There's going to be certain abilities that it synergizes with, and I don't know. You can see if you like it. Maybe you don't like it, but you can try that out very quickly. Well, and you can at least use that. Like they still yeah. do, even even if you started at level seventy, like. Because you still have to do a bunch of things to get the season set, right? Like, there's a bunch of quests that you have to get through, and usually some prerequisites. It's doable about, like, an hour Right, it takes an hour to play through, which is fine. So, to me, it's not about getting to level 70, it's about getting the set. And then, once you get the set, that unlocks, like, okay, it's very obvious you use these three powers, but you feel a significant power change. Like, you are now able to wreck face, which, to me, is what I that's what I want to feel. If you're telling me I'm a legendary hero with powers gifted from the ancient gods, I think that a skeleton that stands before me should explode into dust. I shouldn't have to stab it 400 times with a rapier. I should be able to snap my fingers and Thanos it off the freaking planet. Like, mm-hmm. eat, be gone. Like, you're you're done. And getting the set makes you feel that way. It gives you that amp and power where it's like. You can use these four skills to destroy everything up through a certain difficulty level, and that's your fun. And and then right. past that, you have to get into more elite sets and legendary gear and stuff to to really advance further. Or what is it? Ancient gear. Yeah, it's really just the same gear. It's just got the ancient prefix, and then there's even one beyond that that's primal. Oh, okay. Um, so that's kind of the grind as yeah, getting getting ancient and then and then eventually primal gear. Um, but you know, it's also cool. I I love how they, they, they inserted the adventure mode and like the bounties 
that creates a very interesting way to, to reason to go through the overworld mm-hmm. as and visit to, different maps like well yeah and like i don't want to play through the campaign again sorry because i, I like, definitely I, remember before that was a thing grinding like act three uh mm-hmm. the keep because it had the highest enemy density so mm-hmm. you like there were there are things that you could do and if you didn't get certain tile sets you would just reload the game and go back into that same spot and yep. run the tile sets and yeah that gets old and like the rifts and greater rifts like those are really i cool love the special gems pulls the legendary mm-hmm. gems that stuff was yep. awesome because it you yeah. can start building a very because at first they're random but you're guaranteed to get one until you have all of them Right. And then, but if you get one that you like, you can swap it for upgrading that one instead of getting a new one. So it's like, do you want to make your set better or do you want to try to get the other random one that could be harder? Actually, they they may have changed that then because now you always get a new gem until you've got all the oh. gems. You you just pick which one you want. I mean, upgrade, I could have so. just been off on that to begin with, but uh, oh, I don't yeah. know. I mean, they they've it's changed still, the system a lot. It's still a very unique system, and I think it's a very fun way to kind of play through that and i and i like the concept because they they are these kind of unique items it really replaced rune words and to me in a much better way it's it's much more reliable than runes and to me works better for like socketed gear right well and like through the seasons they introduce mechanics or or, or kind of mechanics as well like for example there's a um the mechanic for the current season is as long as you don't have a set bonus, so you could wear a set piece as long as it was only one piece from that set. Right. Um, but as long as you don't have a set bonus active, every piece of ancient gear gives you 750% to your damage. <laughs> wow. So it kind of, I mean, so it, it kind of do breaks this. the idea of like, you don't want a set. Yeah. I mean, we well, kind of have to still because ancient gear doesn't drop very right, much at the right. lower difficulties so you still go through the journey and you still get a season set but yeah it kind of incentivizes you to then get and hunt for ancient gear that will then you know that's legendary that would enable you to come up with a new build so it kind of incentivizes theory crafting that otherwise isn't really there because with the sets it's kind of very obvious what you know what the build right. is and um, I mean, or at least quickly I think established the last, again this is going to show exactly just how long ago that was but i think the season that i played in last was the imp splitting season Mm. where like every imp that spawned if you killed it would spawn like two more smaller faster imps Hmm. uh, and up to like four which really encouraged playing with a party of four players because right. they would run in four different directions and you would like to want to run after and get all four of them. Cause if you got all four of them, you got an extra bonus, whatever from those imps. And there was like a bunch of extra types of imps, like the treasure goblins and stuff that would run around. And yeah, so you could see, I think I, sorry, no, I was just going to say that, that, that to me, it was one of the first times that I started playing with randoms, just like, yeah, let's get four mm. people together and go chase treasure goblins. Yeah, yeah. Well, and so they've, I think that's an example of something that they introduced maybe via season and then implemented as part of the game. Um, I think another example of that might be like the vault, um, which is like the treasure goblins homeworld or whatever. And you can go there and there's just, so that night I told you I played for two hours and got to, you know, almost Paragon 200. Well, I also got 200 million gold in that time. <laughs> Because someone took me, 
someone was spamming in chat. They were like, hey, we've got a spot open for torment level 16, I think, oh is God. the highest level difficulty now. <laughs> They're like a, a torment 16 vault run. And I was like, I just hit 70. So, I mean, I can't help, but I can go. And they were like, yeah, yeah we don't need help. That's fine. <laughs> so they invited me. And yeah, 200 million gold. Like it was just, gold just nuts. Out of everything. Correct. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just a, I, I don't know. So, it, and, and like, I, I love that they did that. Like, I love that they, instead of being handicapped by the, I think there were four difficulties. I think it was like, like normal nightmare, hell and brutal yeah. when the game launched, instead of being like handicapped and restricted by only having, you know, these three or four, cause that's how it's always been done. Instead, they've just, they just blew the lid off of it and they just added the torment levels and just continue to expand that. And it, it allows you to really kind of create the experience you want, because if you want to fight against monsters that take a little bit to kill and are really, really lethal to you. So they require you to be really accurate and, you know, your positioning and stuff, you can do that. If you want to just blow stuff up as fat, you know, by looking at it, you can do that. Um, and I think it's really neat that they kind of just let the player choose, you know, how they want to play. Right. No, I mean, I think that they have done a lot well since, you know, especially, like you said, since Reaper of Souls, I think a lot of things have yes. gone well. However, like impact on society, I, I think. Oh, yeah. So we have to go back, at least for me, because I was one of many people who came down with the Diablo flu. Um, in which I took off several days of work at the launch of Diablo to go play it because Diablo three, Diablo we're 3 about. yeah, sorry, and uh, and you know I just straight up called in sick if I wasn't allowed to take those days off. I think I was allowed to get like two of the three days that I wanted, and then called in sick for the third because no, <laughs> especially because days one and two was what was it error thirty seven could not connect, right. like that became like straight up mainstream newsworthy rage of like gamer rage. <laughs> like <laughs> there's, I know. I wonder if gamers will ever stop expecting that launches will. And to be, to be clear, I am also one of these gamers that gets mad about it. So I'm not, <laughs> I don't mean it as a holier than thou statement, but I wonder if like it never goes well on any game, no matter how big the company is, no matter how successful they are, any game on launch day has problems every time. It just always does. I mean, that's it's. I've never, never seen. I, it. I think that's the last game that I purchased on, or like, I think that I pre-ordered it, and I think that was the last game that I ever pre-ordered. There mm -hmm. were a few other games that I had high hopes of that I purchased before reviews came in, like launch week, um, or I ignored reviews. Looking at you, No Man's Sky, but. <laughs> um, I definitely started and also just probably because I'm a lot older when Diablo three came out than I was like, I'm sure right. if I was in high school when Diablo three came out, I would have been as much as I was, you know, with any game, I buy it as soon as I want it and I want to play it. And I'm going to have the expectations that things work because society hasn't crushed my soul yet. I haven't worked a corporate <laughs> job for 10 years yet, you know, like, right, right, <laughs> right. but yeah, I yeah, no, go ahead. Excuse me, actually, I had to clear my throat. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I think that I think that Diablo, you know, Diablo three, I think its impression on, you know, the gaming world at large 
I think unfortunately for it, it was it, it's left with a negative one because I think most people were either I mean some people were never actually forgave it for the launch day right. problems, and then most people never forgave it for the auction house problems. Um, Lots of and even beyond still that, won't forgive them for taking away Decker King. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. Well, and I had friends. I mean, you know, I had before they introduced the torment levels and really started offering such a variety of, of difficulty settings. I had friends that, that got burned out because we were too powerful for the difficulty tier beneath us. So it wasn't rewarding. Like the, like literally the loot wasn't good enough, but the difficulty tier that we're supposed to be on, it takes, you know, two minutes to kill an elite or, or like in, it's not fun. Before Reaper souls before auction house went away, literally invincible guys with impossible combinations. Oh man. The challenge of the, and they used to have enraged timers yeah. and, and they would reheal if you, like, if you died and came back, they got all their health back. Like it was, and it was nuts. <laughs> a, a, like invulnerable shield, lightning chains and like molten or something. And it'd just be like, you can't kill that. Like, cause in, or invincible well, minions, there was one of them that had something uh-huh. invincible that you could only hurt yeah. one guy or something. Well, there's even one now. I mean, they took a lot of those out because you're right. There were some that were just broken. But there's even ones now where like the the minions have what they call shielding. And so they'll randomly pop up an invulnerable shield. So you might be fighting it now. It can't. But it doesn't do all of that. But it doesn't. And yeah, it doesn't doesn't do it indefinitely. Forever. Right. (laughs) Right. Right. I think it was invulnerable minions. So only the leader. I think you're right. Was. Yeah. You could harm. That was just, but the minions are like super fast mm-hmm. jumping things that you can't escape. Yeah, yep, I remember. So the other thing I wanted to really just hit on quickly is: Did you ever watch any of the early developmental stuff videos and like launch trailers and stuff for Diablo Three? I, you know, I, I can't believe I didn't because at that time I was obsessed. I mean, the only video game, the only website that I looked at, and I looked at it every day for hours, was GameTrailers.com. Right. Um, they had a ton of original content. And I mean, I'm sure they had coverage on it because, again, everyone did. Um, But yeah, I don't I don't I remember playing the the I don't even know if it was called beta, but basically they they put it out where you could play through the Skeleton King kind of like a little bit before launch. Yeah. And like I did that. So I was definitely into it before it actually launched, but I don't know. How much? But by all means, so it was, with, you know, whatever your point you'll is. You'll have to, you should really take a look at it because it's interesting. Because once again, as many Blizzard games do, uh, Diablo 3 was completely scrapped and rewritten from the ground up. Um, mid Part way through development. I don't want to say midway, but part of the way through the development, they completely scrapped and recreated Diablo 3. And some of the early stuff that exists for Diablo 3 is gorgeous. Like, so they show that, of course, there's some of the art assets are reused, but they they go through basically a tutorial on like the barbarian and they show him running through like one of the underground cathedral maps in Tristram. But like much more, almost all of the terrain is like destructible in some way. And if you hit a guy through a barrier, he like animates falling off the barrier, breaking through it. There were like hordes of the imp characters that climbed up the walls, You'd, like 200 of them on screen at once. 
and like breaks through all of that, shows off all of this really cool stuff, and then uh, enters a room where the the siege breaker assault beast from Act Three actually like breaks through a wall. But I think it's that point where he takes up with like three or four other people to fight the boss. Only there were so many more animations where like as a killing blow, the boss literally picks up one of the heroes and like bites their head off and throws them to the ground where they appear with oh. like a, a dead flag on them or something. And like just the amount and the style you could see that they at least originally wanted to make. I don't know how else other to say it than like Diablo two, two, they wanted to make Diablo three in the vein of Diablo two, but way better. Well, I mean, something that we touched on, you know, we, we used the word darkness and you talked about it was kind of give you the heebie-jeebies and being creepy. But, you know, Diablo 1 and 2 almost border on having like a horror right. vibe. And not not in the jump scare way, like not like in a Resident no, Evil No, but like a way, psychological but, hopelessness. Yeah, and the supernatural, you know, angels and demons kind of stuff. And it, and it was just a lot, the tone. So that makes a lot of sense because the tone was a lot more. It reminds me, there's a game called... Um, I don't know, of course, it, it leaves my mind. It's a, oh man, Dead Space? Yeah, that's okay. what it's called. Um, it's a it's a third-person horror shooter right. game franchise. But it, it has what you're talking about. I know it's a single-player game, so it's, you know, little different constraints on, on what they can do. But in that, when a monster kills you, it will do some randomized crazy death animation like that. And it's a straight-up horror game, so I think that's kind of why I drew that, you know, comparison, but... That's interesting. No, and I, I, I think it is just it, Diablo three is more like Diablo two is like dark magic, and Diablo three is like Harry Potter. Like, and right. not to say that Harry Potter. I mean, I like the Harry Potter movies. Books great. A ton of like the fandom's cool, but it's just for a different age group. It's not the poltergeist of Diablo two. You know, one and two that is very like demon summoning is a very serious thing and will screw up your character and life and diablo 3 is like well you know we can just kind of summon a demon and you, you get a couple tentacles on one arm but it's pretty you know bright and glowy and fun and happy and it's like i don't know the butcher is cartoony even though he's giant and grotesque it, it is a parody of the butcher in the first game which is the first mini boss you encounter and mm-hmm that was terrifying like most of the time you didn't let because you had to let him out of his cage and you had to open a door to let the butcher out and if you didn't you could keep him locked away and you wouldn't have to fight him because if you let him out he would just wreck you and he was Mm. 10 times faster than you so you couldn't run away from him no matter how hard you tried and it was terrifying because like my character's gonna die and the butcher's gonna be there like there were legit times playing through diablo one where if you let the butcher out, your game was over. Because <laughs> not only were you dead as soon as he ran out of the door, but he was loose now and would come after you if you got close to him, and he was on top of your body, which had all your gear. So mm. if your second, like you could buy, if you had enough gold, you could buy up a couple pieces of gear and try to go get your body. If that character died too, now there's two bodies and the butcher, and you're out of gold. Like, you just can't. You're done. There's not enough guys to kill to gain any more levels without getting down to that level. Like, it's just over. 
and right. Diablo three, he's just like, want meat, mm, stomp and fire. Raw. I'm the butcher. Remember me from the old game? No, no, you're right. not fighting. Well, it, it's like, it's like dragons in game of Thrones versus dragons and how to train your dragon. Right? <laughs> Technically they're both dragons, but they definitely invoke different. <laughs> right. And you know? uh, now I yeah. just want to like, see somebody jump on top of the butcher's back from Diablo three and like fly him. <laughs> ride him away ride him up to fight <laughs> diablo and hit him with the cleaver like, we, we mm-hmm. win. um but yeah i don't know i think that i think that the diablo franchise is, is probably blizzard's most troubled one since diablo 3 because diablo 3 had a lot of problems i think reaper of souls did fix a lot of it they do still have a you know you can easily log in anytime and find players to play with so right there is still a player base but i think the when Diablo three came out, anyone who had ever played Diablo two only had great things to say about it. And anyone who hadn't could only, all they had to do is talk to someone who had, and they would only hear great things about it. Diablo three does not have that sentiment. And, and honestly, the generation of gamers, I mean, I know that the age range of gamers keeps growing as evidenced by us. Uh, (laughs) But, but I mean, I mean, even back then our dads played video games. So it's not like it was always kids only. But whatever, I mean, the people who are, you know, 15 to 25 now didn't play Diablo 2 when it came out. Right. Like, so they don't, so the, the the glory day of that is gone. And to them, they have Diablo 3 or Path of Exile or Grim Dawn or, you know what right. I mean? It, it's just one of many. It's not the flagship. Well, and it definitely didn't break the mold. It was a very, they no. went for a very safe release, but they almost went too safe and screwed everything else up. Well, and it's, it's disappointing because I think to some extent, um, you know, like we talked in the last episode that we did for this about StarCraft and in StarCraft 2, they really changed the way that it plays a lot from Brood War. And they really, I think, enriched and, and you know, deepened the, the gameplay. Right. Um, and, and to your point, yeah, Diablo did not do that at all. And I think that that genre as a whole, I mean, for me personally, I all of the RPGs are pretty much six, one half dozen, the other. And the reason I go to Diablo probably more than the others is because we were just talking about where you can jump into the end game, get a build, see how it plays. And then, you know, walk away. Infinite respects, which I both love and hate. Like, I love that you unlock all these abilities and you can swap everything up on the fly. But at the same point in time, there's no penalty for, which I mean, I don't think there should be a penalty for experimentation, but I think that your choices should matter. And that's a, well, you also don't spec, you don't build, you don't spec the stats, right? right? Like you don't spec strength and intelligence and health and all that stuff. So there's, that's different as well. I don't know. I I, I'm, I'm with you in that. I think that the choices should matter and that, and I don't know how you accomplish that. I, I don't know what a better system would be because I actually don't, I think that people have too much nostalgia for Diablo. No, don't get me wrong. That's what I'm saying. I do love part of Diablo three because I, because I was a guy that got to act three or four in Diablo two and 60 hours in and had to restart. Like, right. And 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 you also just, and even if it's not because it's broken, even if you just get bored, right. You only basically in Diablo two, you specced into two skills and that was it. And And that's all you do. That's, that's what you're doing. And so you have two abilities and if, and you, maybe you have a couple extras. I mean, as a sorcerer, I had two offensive abilities and then I had the ability to like blink. Yeah, I think, I think that you, you usually know. get a backup, something really low mana cost or whatever, but mm-hmm. 
And so, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I I think that Diablo 3 did do some things right. I don't think it was all wrong. And I think they did bounce back, just not in such a fantastic way as to outpace their competition. Yeah, well, I mean, and this may be unfamiliar to you, I don't know, and it's a totally different genre and brand and everything, but like Final Fantasy XIV was the second Final Fantasy MMO to come out. Final Fantasy XI had been out for a long time, so fourteen comes out, and it is abysmal. I mean, it it is that's the one that they like hated. pulled, rebuilt, and then gave back to everybody for free, right? Okay. Correct. If you own, yeah, they took it all down, hired a completely new game director, and then remade the game. And if you had bought it originally, yeah, you you got the the re release, if you will. And it's called Final Fantasy fourteen: A Realm Reborn, <laughs> in reference to that, right? Uh, and it's a great MMO and they've, I mean, it's probably second to wow. I mean, I don't actually know player base counts anymore right. for those games, but it's very, it, it's quality level is on par and in some ways surpasses wow. In some ways it's, it's not equivalent. Like PVP is kind of non-existent in final fantasy. Um, whereas wow has a pretty significant PVP base, but, but anyway, so, you know, that was an example of a company like really saying, okay, fine, we suck. We'll, we'll make it right. And they did it. And I think with Diablo 3, to your point, I think it's more of a middling position where they, they did say, okay, we'll fix it, but they didn't blow the doors off of it. They just made it not and I unplayable. Think their follow-ups, like after Reaper of Souls, we got the announcement for the Necromancer. Like, cool, we're bringing back a Diablo 2 class, and we might bring back more, you people that want the uh, the Druid and some of the more, you know, strange assassin and stuff. Like, hey, hey, hey. Mm-hmm. But it's $15 for literally the same skill set that you got in Diablo 2 and like nothing special for the Necromancer. I I still haven't bought it. I saw some gameplay and I was like, it's just the Diablo 2 Necromancer. Well, and that's kind of what I mean about the the characters, the the game, that whole genre of game. I don't know what the solution is. Honestly, kind of some of the stuff you were talking about seeing in those early trailers, maybe that's where some of it lies, but it's all just very static. Like it's all just very kind of, just it gets boring. I mean, I think that a big part of my nostalgia for Diablo two is that it was the first time and it was, I hadn't played other games, you know, yet. Right. And so, well, and it was even for me, it was such a change from Diablo one. Like mm-hmm. the graphics for the time were just insane. And the story was deep. Like the story of Diablo one barely exists. Up until the end of the like, once you beat Diablo, that's where you get the story. And that whole bit was accidental. Like that, the whole Chris, which I don't know. I mean, I'm sure you know, but experiencing it for the first time where you beat Diablo and you shove the crystal in your head and you're like, no. And then you go off like that whole bit was unplanned. Like the animators were screwing around. And and hmm. I'm I'm trying to remember exactly either that or it was footage that they were making for something else or didn't understand the request or something, and the producer was like, "No, this is way better. Leave it in." But it's like such a cliffhanger for years. You're like, what happens to to the main player from the first game and to get Diablo two and like, oh my god, we're finding out. This is so, right. and it was an intense story, even though I feel like it had a few of its own pitfalls. It wasn't as those pitfalls didn't reveal themselves until way later in the game, act four and five, like everything yeah. up to there, at least story wise, I felt was pretty solid. And Diablo three, yeah. like I feel like they just, they, 
if they screwed up one thing less, it probably would have been a lot more critically acclaimed. But they just it's not that they failed completely at anything and they fixed most of the things other than you know things that can't really fix like the story but they just missed the mark enough in too many areas for it to really you know hit hard yeah i was just thinking actually maybe the easiest or i don't know what a, a very obvious example of it's losing its status is that before diablo 3 every action rpg game was just called a Diablo clone. Right. That's what I mean. When I played Titan Quest and when I played Sacred and all Even these other RPGs, and... yeah, all of them were just called Diablo clones. That was what the genre yep. was called. And post Diablo three, and you know, in the age of Path of Exile, they're called ARPGs. Right. <laughs> Diablo doesn't get that. It's <laughs> they don't get that. It's not credit the Kleenex anymore. of tissue. <laughs> exactly. Right. They're not band aid yeah. adhesive strips. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Yep. Um. And then to um, follow it up with the cell phone game, Diablo Immortal. Yeah, like the thing is, is that that genre, like I, like I keep saying, that genre is so boring to me that like you may as well because re- releasing another one on the PC, unless you're going to dramatically change how it plays, what do you? What's it for? Like right. to what end? What 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 can you really do? What's the innovation? I mean, Diablo three already sounds amazing. I think it still looks pretty good. Yeah. I don't know, like what, what you know, <laughs> so, but you're right. The, the fan response hated it. I mean, so. I, I, I think it's the same thing that happened to me with like EA buying up Westwood and turning it into a really bad version of Command and Conquer, followed by a really bad Command and Conquer mobile game is just this feeling of disconnect. Like yeah. it is very obviously targeting the Chinese market because that's where a lot of their user base plays those types of games, which that's fine to target that market. But like, you can't expect that to like, just market it in China. Then there are tons of games marketed in Japan that never make it to the U S that we don't have to hear about. It's not like Japan is over here marketing us a game that we're not going to play. And that's what I felt like happened with blizzcon is just like we're gonna market you guys a game that's not targeted at you and hope that it goes well and then be mad right. that it didn't like yeah yeah i think that um i think you're right i mean honestly if you look at a lot of mmorpgs that are in asia a lot of them actually do just play like an ar like a diablo right. arpg style game but they're you know full-fledged mmos <laughs> not not just you know load into a level and run through that instance um so yeah, I don't know. I'm definitely not looking forward to it, so I don't mean to sound oh, like I'm no. defending it or something. I don't care at all. But that's actually where I landed was like I just don't know again what game in that genre could come out where I would be impressed. I think you would have until to until they spend, tell me what they're going to do. I think you'd have to do what, you know, like StarCraft 2 did, which is spend 10 years and really yeah. figure out, you know, at least 6, 5, 6, 7 years really figuring out and pushing the envelope. And it's obvious that because of the bad reception of Diablo Immortal and the high reception of the leaked thought that there might be some Diablo 4 cooking, it's pretty obvious that they're going to switch gears and make a rushed Diablo 4 product that's going to sell in name only and probably fail because gamers are starting, not all gamers, but a lot of gamers are wisening up to don't pre-order games, wait for reviews be leery of review embargoes that take all the way up to launch day like 
there's yeah. you know we're wisening up to that and the more shady stuff you pull the less likely i am going to be to buy your game in the first week and the more likely i am to be a lot more critical of it rather than i wonder if i mean if diablo 4 will even be a pay-to-play game though i wouldn't be surprised if it's free to play with just microtransactions it for skins well could and, be, oh, and characters whatever. and you could yep. do a whole yeah, exa- yeah. straight up league of legends it and well, so that's what I was actually just thinking is like, and not that I would think it should play like a MOBA, but um, totally different genre and game, but Helldivers. Right. You, you've yeah. You've played yeah. that quite a bit. So that's kind of, you know, it's an isometric view, controls kind of in a similar yep. way. I mean, I think you use WASD, it's not click to move, but similar. But like that game or a game that you and I have played called Foxhole yep. kind of controls and similar, similar camera view. And honestly, just MOBAs is really where this thought originated. Not that I think that Diablo should play like a MOBA, but if you look at the way a MOBA plays, where there's a lot more dependency on the team, maybe that would be a way that a Diablo-like could become more interesting. Because or maybe map diversity, where if there were smaller but random maps with a lot of different tile sets a lot of different monsters but maybe only one or two types per map but there are a lot smaller maps that are maybe four or six screens wide then you cycle through like playing them almost closer to the original game where it was you'd clear a floor and go to the next floor yeah but that's kind of what the greater rifts are i mean they're entirely randomized tile sets clear a floor go to the next floor i mean it is but i think that there's I think there's room to build on that idea in a way that could work in a free-to-play style game. Where yeah. I just think that the, the, it seems like in all those games now, the only thing you're doing is speed clearing. Right. Like, speed clearing is the name of the game, and I just don't... I, it, that just gets really boring really fast. So in, until they find a way to make speed clearing not all that you do... I just don't know how it ever feels. I mean, I'm sure there's a bunch of ways to innovate on the genre and there are little bits and pieces that I've seen some companies kind of look out for, but I'm not probably that's above my pay grade. I'm not a a games innovator. I'm I'm sure that there's things that can be done. There is a new version of Torchlight that's currently being worked on. um, That looks really cool. that. That looks like it could have some interesting new takes on the genre, but yeah, that's a whole again they've been working on that since you know for six seven years now and still not launching and and i think that to me diablo 4 is gonna be a rush job and it's it could dig things further back i could be wrong i would be i would love to be wrong i would love for it to have the most amazing story and a good single player mode with plenty of options and good balancing for multiplayer modes and you, they could throw in a battle royale if if the story was good enough. I wouldn't care. Like, but I feel like it might end up being more of a battle royale and less of a Diablo game. Like, <laughs> yeah, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think uh, I think we've covered the Diablo franchise in pretty pretty good detail. Yep. Uh, anything else that you wanted to to throw out? I don't, I don't really think so. I mean, that's that's pretty much my whole history with Diablo, and I think. It's as far as the the impact of Diablo on society, I think you kind of summed it up best is that they're they're ARPGs now, but they right. were Diablo yeah. clones for a long time, and that's to get they a were. long run like and, that is to like to, the same way that Doom clones are first person shooters now. Right, <laughs> right. 
Um, yeah, and, and you know, personally, it's again Diablo two. You know, whether that's part nostalgia and part social community at the time, and and just the age and the the time frame that I found it in, whatever those factors are, uh, versus just the quality of the game itself. Again, you know, it it was really kind of the thing that that kicked me into playing RPG games online. Yeah. Um, and I, I mean, the fact I, that there was a community there be. at all, because I didn't, I had one friend that played Command and Conquer. I had one friend that played, you know, this, that, or the other. And Diablo right. 2, you was the first time that you could sit down as a, you know, and be less than, that was when you first started seeing the bridging of the gap between gamers are nerds and gamers are people. Like, anybody can right. be a gamer. And so for the first time, you have a jock come up to the group and like, yeah, I have a necromancer. I found this. and You know, like, it started bridging that gap. And that was awesome. I think that socially it did do a lot for the genre and for games as a whole. I thought that was great. Yep, yep. All right, well, it's been a blast talking about it. And uh, thank you guys for listening to Pick Up Your Sticks. Uh, I think we're, we're good. Have, have a good, good one. one. Take care.